Christians in Action Missions International is actively accepting applications from those desiring to win the lost at any cost. We've been sending long-term missionaries throughout the world for 62 years. We emphasize intentional personal evangelism, equipping disciples, and planting churches among the nations. We empower national leadership to demonstrate and declare the love of God to the unreached. Journey with us as we take the gospel to the world. Log on at CINAMI.org. That's CINAMI.org. Or call 559-370-4103. God has designed you for a unique purpose. Get equipped for God's call with a degree from Clark Summit University. Choose from undergraduate and master's degrees, available completely online in programs like business, counseling, Bible, and education. For some programs, it's possible to earn your degree in as little as two years, or you can complete the degree you previously started. See if you qualify for a tuition discount. Answer God's call on your life and become a Christ-centered, career-ready graduate. Go to clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. That's clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host, Dr. Steve Wilkins, our special guest, the author of the book, What's So Funny About God? Yeah, we look at humor uh, every now and then. We find it in the Bible. It's a theological look at humor. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks very much for inviting me, Michael. I'm excited to, to visit with you. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. It's a pleasure to have you. And Dr. Wilkins, just so our audience knows, he's Professor of Philosophy and Ethics at Azusa Pacific University. And his books include uh, Hidden Worldviews, Faith and Reason, Three Views, Christianity and Western Thought, Volume 2 and 3. And so you better be funny, Dr. Wilkins, because sometimes I feel bad. What, how come we don't find humor in the Bible always? We think God is so serious. Yeah, and for some reason we have uh, come up with a false dichotomy between funny and serious. But when you think about it, 
many of our jokes are about the most serious aspects of our life. I mean, think about all the jokes about love and death and marriage and children and sex and politics. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a serious subject, but it's still something that, uh, that allows for humor and, and uses humor. Yes. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are familiar with these uh, two rabbis going to a bar and one says to a Catholic priest, I'm kidding. That's that's the kind of humor, you know, that I grew up with, with that type of thing. But you're, you're finding humor uh, from a theological standpoint. Was that difficult? And in doing your research, did you find new jokes in the Bible or new sense of humor? Well, there is a lot more humor in the Bible than you'd expect. And, and so a lot of times we we read the Bible wrongly because we kind of assume that the people at that time did not have a sense of humor or find things funny. But, uh, but the, the main thing I'm aiming for is to look at the, the triggers that make humor work. So things like incongruity, surprise, misdirection, reversal, those sorts of things are scattered all the way through the Bible. And so, you know, we get, um, Saul, the super Jew, who becomes the uh, the the apostle to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. You didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> uh, you have an obscure shepherd kid who is the youngest of a large brood of sons who becomes king of Israel. And perhaps the most surprising thing in Scripture is that God visits Earth, Concarni in the flesh Mm. as a baby. And we're used to seeing those things, but we don't see the fact that uh, in some ways it's outrageous. It's funny. It's shocking. Yeah, right. I mean, when you think about it, it's true. And we take it, (laughs) we take it seriously as we should, but it's true. Coming as a little baby, the God of the universe, you know, the strong, the, the, the almighty, and yeah. uh, it, it is true about that. So, uh, I mean, no holds barred without the notes, without the book. What, what's the first funny thing that you think of when you think of the Bible? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it is theological anthropology. The fact that we are both animal and uh, we are soulish. And so we can pray and belch at the same time. <laughs> And so C.S. Lewis I says, I see that coming. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I guess that's the, uh, the signature of a good punchline, isn't it? <laughs> so expand on that. Expound. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we will die of a lot of the same sorts of diseases that kill our pets. But at the same time, our pets don't think about death. They don't, uh, they don't think about the meaning of life. Um, and they don't laugh. So cats, <laughs> cats aren't watching funny human videos on YouTube. But, you know, we have the capacities that allow us to see humor in things. And the, the image of God sorts of capacities that we have are uh, the very thing that is necessary to make humor work. We've got to understand things like shame. We have to understand things like incongruity. Uh, it's a very intellectual sort of uh, sort of enterprise. Well, I mean, we're a funny lot, human beings, and God made humans, so we do some wacky, funny, weird 
uh, type of things. But yet, you know, God created us. And so it's funny how we could be wacky and, you know, we're the creation of God. And why can't he be wacky and funny? <laughs> well, yeah. And sometimes we act embarrassed of our humanity, like somehow we escaped from God's lab during beta testing. Uh, but I think God intended it to make us this way. Okay, so Dr. Wilkins, uh, is the church too serious? I mean, a lot of times the secular people looking from the outside in, uh, they see people uh, devout about their faith, but maybe even thinking that those church people are, are too serious. Yeah, I think sometimes we're serious in the wrong way. Um, and we're serious in such a way that we fail to see the reality and truth and humor of ourselves. And so when we take ourselves too seriously, we get fearful. But, uh, but humor allows us to open up about ourselves. I mean, think about a stand-up act. Uh, in many ways, that's about as close to confession as you're going to find out there in public, mm. where people will talk honestly about shortcomings and and little glitches in the personality. And so perhaps our inability to see what's funny in ourselves also is kind of a blind spot that we have where we fail to acknowledge where we're falling short and to bring in our sisters and brothers to help us, uh, to help us move forward. Now, do you tell jokes uh, or do you tell people about what's funny about the Bible? I mean, you're doing it in your book, but so uh, can you let us in on some of the some of the golden nuggets of, of where the areas are the funniest? Okay. Well, um, I don't know. Not everybody likes sarcasm. Uh, but for those who do, uh, you get a lot of it in the Old Testament when, um, when the prophets are mocking the idols. And so Elijah and his contest with the 400 priests of Baal – uh, gets to the level of a full-throated mockery. And uh, even though most translations pretty it up, when, uh, when, he's, when he's digging at him, Elijah says, so where is your God? Has he gone out to relieve himself? Um, and I think that's pretty funny. I, I'll give you a laugh there. Okay. <laughs> um, and if you like to get even earthier, you might have to edit this one out. <laughs> it's um, it's when Ehud does in the morbidly obese Moabite king Eglin. Yes. And he plunges his his sword so deeply into his rather ample adipose tissue that he can't extract it. And poor Eglin is so surprised by all of this that it says the dirt went out of him. And so, you know, all that's pretty earthy and funny. Uh, but you, you even get... Uh, you know, in the teachings of Jesus, where he uses hyperbole. And so it's pretty funny to visualize somebody being worried about another person's speck in their eye and totally oblivious to a big piece of lumber sticking out of their own. So now these things make sense. By the way, keep them coming because, uh, we, <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of you know, theology and levity, too, that we need when we look at the Bible. And I almost wonder why uh, pastors aren't into that, you know? I mean, in other words, I, I think that more of, of the people in the church would, would like to hear about the humor that's in the Bible. They would like to find out where the funny areas are. And uh, and there's quite a bit, I'm sure. Is are there any areas that you don't find funny in the Bible? Well, I think there are a lot of places we're certainly not supposed to find funny. 
And uh, I think that's the key. It's, it's not like we should open up the Bible and expect a laugh every page. That's not the point. But one thing I do find, again, are those triggers that make humor work, where God keeps reversing our expectations and surprising us. And we see strange things coming into play. It's not laugh out loud funny, but when you take a look at, uh, at the folks that, um, that Christianity sets up as the heroes of our faith, and you take a look at that Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11, well, all of those folks did some pretty amazing things, but the Bible's also pretty clear that they had magnificent failures. And it's very honest about that. And so you have, you know, Moses, uh, Moses, who's wanted for murder back in Egypt. And you have Abraham, who passes his wife off as his sister to save his bacon. And you have Noah, who celebrates God's deliverance from a worldwide flood by getting drunk and naked. And so you get those sorts of things that in some ways are so unexpected when we talk about heroes, but yet the Bible is so honest about the fact that our heroes, and by extension, we are all pretty imperfect. Dr. Wilkins, who do you think does well as far as depicting humor in the Bible? I mean, when I think of History of the World, Part 1 and 2, or Mel Brooks, he, he you know, made fun of uh, certain areas of the, of the Bible that with, with some humor there, you know? But are there some comedians or people that come to mind that did a pretty good job with that? Oh, I'm drawing a blank on that one. Sorry. Are, are yeah. you familiar with the Mel Brooks one, though, the History of the World? No, I'm not. That's, okay, next question. That, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> uh, that's okay. So, um, I mean, were you surprised when, okay, the book comes out and have people drawn to your attention any, any areas that you missed with humor in the Bible? Yeah, and uh, I'm already kind of working on a follow-up in places where I've recognized uh, areas that I've missed. And uh, again, this isn't really intended as a comprehensive survey of the funny things in the Bible, but it's more how if we read the Bible through the lens of humor with the expectation that God will surprise us, that we start to see things that we didn't see before. And so uh, just one example of that, I think it's absolutely hilarious when we get into the genealogy of Jesus in, uh, in Matthew. You get a lot of the people that you expect to see in there, but you also get four Gentile women. And they're not uh, always the good girls either. Uh, so you get the prostitute, you get, uh, you get Bathsheba. And I think all of that is God trying to get our attention, saying, hey, this Messiah that's coming is going to befuddle all of the people who think they have their picture of the Messiah nailed down. And it is very ironic that the people who were looking for the Messiah for hundreds of years were the same people who missed him completely mm. and ended up crucifying him. All right, we're going to be right back. Dr. Steve Wilkins with his book, What's So Funny About God? We'll see if we can loosen him up a little bit. <laughs> a theological look at humor right after this. 
Charlotte Christian College and Theological Seminary believes that every Christian has a distinct calling and that he or she must boldly respond to that call. Charlotte Christian specializes in equipping the adult learner and all degrees are available both online and on campus. Degree fields include urban Christian ministry, biblical studies, pastoral studies, and more. So whether you are called to full-time ministry or as a co-vocational minister, Charlotte Christian can help you. Visit us at charlottechristian.edu or call 704-334-6882. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions, the ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. Okay, we're back. Dr. Steve Wilkins, he joins us, our special guest, the book, What's So Funny About God? A Theological Look at Humor. And Dr. Wilkins, he is a professor of philosophy and ethics at Azusa. Am I saying that right? That's right. Azusa Pacific University, and uh, so we want to talk about more humor. Our audience wants to know what's so funny about God, and um, and just to say, I remember uh, it was Billy Graham, he was talking to Woody Allen uh, on YouTube. It was an old video, and he said that, you know, Woody, you know, God things said to you, you're beautiful, Woody, and he said, really? I find that hard to imagine, you know, not incredibly good-looking Woody Allen, but there was humor there. What other areas can you draw us to in the Bible that are humorous? Well, I think if you read the book of Jonah without a smile on your face, you're probably not reading it for all it's worth. Uh, because think of what we expect when we hear the word prophet. These are, are God's Navy SEALs willing to go anywhere, do anything. They've got a mission. So God gives Jonah a mission, says, go to the great city of Nineveh, and he heads for Tarshish, which is 180 degrees in the opposite direction. And so we expect them to be these really serious people and really spiritual people, and Jonah's running away. Hmm. And while he's running away, uh, the prophet, who should be attuned to God's whispers and hints, is dead asleep in the bowels of this boat. while uh, there's a big storm going on outside. And another thing that's funny about it is the crew, when they find out that this storm is there because of Jonah, it's his fault, they attempt to save him. And then when he finally convinces them that they're not going to be able to save him and row against the tide, they throw him overboard, and then they offer a sacrifice to Jonah's God, the same one Jonah is running away from. So all of that's kind of funny and ironic. Well, Jonah gets straightened out in the belly of the whale, and God sends him on to Nineveh, and he preaches probably one of the worst evangelistic sermons you could imagine. In Hebrew, it's five words. Uh, in English, usually translated something like, 40 more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. And you have to imagine it wasn't preached with a lot of enthusiasm. And then a funny thing happens the entire city repents, mm. and this repentance goes all the way down the food chain. So they have uh, they have sackcloth uh, denoting repentance on their, on their livestock. And so what does Jonah do? Well, 
Jonah's disappointed with God. He says, I knew you were going to be compassionate. And so he wants to die. He announces that to God and goes outside the city limits to pout. And so throughout this entire story, the person that we expect to be the hero is kind of a moral and spiritual zero. Hmm. So is it safe to say that the average person doesn't find humor in the Bible? I, I think it's safe to say they don't find it because they're not looking for it. They don't expect it. And somehow they might seem to think that, uh, that it would be wrong to find it there. Well, that's why I'm glad you wrote this book, because a lot of people now, some people, you know, they don't know Jesus, they don't know God, and, um, you know, they they think, I'm not going to touch the Bible, it's too, it's too serious, there's no humor, you know, no fun, no humor, and I think a lot of people think of God that way, and it's, it's not true. Uh, no, no. And so, I keep talking about God's joke for us. And so, when we think about the basics of our salvation— there's really nothing we could do that, uh, that we can own up to that, uh, that gets God's attention. And so even, you know, at the very beginning, um, we're, we're told, well, when I survey the heavens and look around and really think about all of this, what is it that God should, should care about us? I mean, you know, the Beatles sing, Let It Be, and they sell 13 million albums. But God in his creation hymn, when he sings, let it be, um, billions of galaxies, each containing billions of stars, come into existence. Mm. And we are a minuscule speck in all of that. And to expect that God would take notice is absurd. But yet there's that divine yet. But yet God crowns us with glory. Uh, So it is the unexpected when we Uh, put ourselves over against who God really is that allows us to see the punchline of grace. Yes. And in the scriptures, I know, notice that, you know, when it comes to the supernatural and as we see the world through the natural and God is, is challenging us to see things through the supernatural through, through his eyes. And uh, a lot of the episodes, whether it be the Red Sea or Jesus appearing to the disciples or all kinds of different situations where it seemed like an insurmountable situation. There's no way they're going to get out of this one. There's a lot of humor. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's the unexpected where, uh, you know, since God's in, in the game, salvation's coming, but how God's going to do it is always kind of interesting. You ever think and that, yeah. Yeah, it, it catches you by surprise. You ever think that Jesus kind of, it, sometimes it feels like a, a Larry Moe and Curly, the way he's talking to the disciples, kind of like the three stooges. I mean, sometimes when there's dialogue going on and they don't understand, and, and, uh, and Jesus is very patient with them, but I, I find some of the dialogue humorous in, in that area. Well, yeah, and if you want to talk about something that's darkly funny, and only darkly funny in hindsight, it's the Last Supper. I mean, talk about pouring ice water on what's supposed to be a celebration. You know, Jesus announces uh, first that somebody's going to deny him three times, and then he says, and somebody else is going to betray me. And then they break up the party with a who's the greatest of the disciples little contest. And then as they go out to, to um, uh, pray with Jesus, they all fall asleep. 
But that very meal gets redefined as the celebration in which we recognize Jesus' sacrifice for our sins. And so uh, what turns out to be one of the the worst Passovers ever uh, also turns out to be something that we call the Eucharist, the Thanksgiving. And we talk about celebrating communion. And so Easter is the biggest turnaround and reversal we can think of. That's true. Sometimes, uh, you know, just one last thought when it comes to the, um, the Pharisees, sometimes they, they didn't like being the punchline of a lot of the, the jokes that were going on because uh, there was a lot of sarcasm there, um, a lot of hypocritical activity, but uh, they didn't think it was so funny. No, they didn't. They were, they were the target of Jesus' humor. And every time you read that phrase when Jesus is, is talking to the Pharisees, well, have you not read You've got to imagine him smiling there because he knew that they read the scriptures more than anybody, and they knew what was there. And so, uh, you know, it's just a little poke at them. Dr. Wilkins, I want to ask you something because you say, uh, it says, jokes often touch on the biggest topics of our existence. You know, many Christians haven't taken humor seriously. Uh, Reading from your book, the insightful yet delightful crash course from you, Uh, Dr. Steve Wilkins argues that viewing scriptures and theology through the lens of humor, both naturalism and Gnosticism, while facilitating a humble, honest, and appealing approach to faith. Can you touch upon that when it talks about the pitfalls of of naturalism and Gnosticism? Okay. Yeah, well, Gnosticism is an approach, and I use the term fairly loosely here, uh, but it's an approach that tends to see our bodies as a mistake. And regrettable. And so our goal is to tolerate this embodied life as well as we can, and then look forward to being free with it as our soul floats away to heaven. And uh, the, the statement that our bodies are God's temple. And so I don't think our embodiment is regrettable. Uh, instead, I, I think it's um, it's part of that magnificent paradox of what it means to be this bodily, soulish sort of thing that we call a human being. And we can avoid, you know, using humor. I mean, in doing so, is it kind of like when Jesus was just, you know, going through the wall as far as in a glorified body and uh, a spiritual, you know, supernatural body? And, uh, and then at the same time, he was saying, you know, do you have any fish to eat? And he was actually physically eating fish. Yeah. Yeah. And so how is it that the disciples encountered the resurrection Jesus? Well, they saw him, they touched the the scars, they ate with him. One other element in that too is when we think of the word joy, I think sometimes we sever that from the body. But at the same time, it brings me a great deal of joy to hear my wife say, I love you to me but it enhances it when it's accompanied by a hug. And I enjoy, you know, good conversation and and thoughtful conversation with friends. But if I can do that while also enjoying a steak, that enhances things. And so I find it hard to believe that God wants us to be embarrassed by the fact that we are embodied beings. Yes, that's a very good point, because what I think of is all the criticism that Jesus had uh, towards him, and people were saying, you know, he's having too much fun. 
he's going out where, you know, he enjoys uh, sinners or sinners, you know, he, he loves sinners. And then there are all these other people out there supposedly having a good time, you know, and, uh, and Jesus was able to, to have uh, a lot of fun. They say he was a, he was a funny person, you know, with a great sense of humor, uh, the scriptures. And at the same time, he was holy and he is holy. And so um, it's funny how the, the creator of the world, and yet these Pharisees and, and other people were um, so serious about the whole thing. And the God of the universe is having fun. What was the beef against him? He came eating and drinking. And we also have to remember that, that his first public act of ministry was at a wedding. And he's helping the jocularity of that occasion by doing some, uh, some on-the-spot winemaking. And so it seems pretty obvious that he wasn't, uh, wasn't down on fun. Yeah, I mean, in other words, he had a good time. He had a good time. Yeah. And people wanted to be around him. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Wilkins, uh, can you leave us with a joke or two? Uh, again, your book, What's So Funny About God? A Theological Look at Humor. Now, we're not going to find all the jokes. It's not a joke book. You know, you're going to help us find the humor in the Bible. But uh, any, uh, what, you got like your best joke for us? Okay, well, let me, let me say that there are 200 jokes and one-liners and things like that interspersed through the, through the book. So I thought if there's some book where medium and message ought to match each other, it's here. So let, let, let me give you one that I hope I don't butcher too much. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, so Jesus had just arrived in heaven after his ascension. And the first person he saw was a white-haired old man who looked vaguely familiar. And Jesus stopped and asked him who he was and what he was doing at Heaven's Gates. And the old man said, well, you know, I'm an old carpenter and I'm waiting for my son. Now he wasn't my son biologically. In fact, he came to be my son in the most unusual way. But I loved him as dearly as any father can love a son and cannot fully enjoy heaven until he arrives. And Jesus looks at him and goes, Father? And the old man looks back at him and says, Pinocchio? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. I will admit that my sense of humor sometimes goes a little darker than a lot of people would like. Mm. But here's the perfect example of a setup and punchline. Um, when I die, I want to go like my grandfather, quietly and in his sleep. Not like all the people who are yelling and screaming in his car. Okay, so what does the setup do? Well, we write a script about, you know, our fear of a prolonged and painful death. So, so that's what we're thinking. But then the punchline says, well, uh, Grandpa's death was under very different circumstances than you expected. Dr. Wilkins, how, how would you like to leave it with, uh, with uh, your audience and your readers, certainly, in, in your book, What's So Funny About God? A Theological Look at Humor. Any last remaining words? There are a lot of reasons to laugh. Uh, sometimes laughs are defensive. Sometimes, the, you know, we talk about nervous laughter. But I think the most robust form of laughter for the Christian is theological in nature. Because we recognize that sin and death and oppression doesn't get the last word. Uh, in fact, it is death that gets mocked in the end. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Mm. And so when we laugh, it's a sign of our confidence in God's faithfulness to us and his promise to save us. And so 
I think maybe that's a good place to end. I like that very much. And pray for the church that uh, that we become a little less serious. I mean, serious about sin and, and, of course, and feeling that way, the way God feels about it. But just, you know, showing the world that we can have a sense of humor like like Jesus and, and you know, and laugh a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. Get the book. It's called What's So Funny About God by Dr. Steve Wilkins. Thanks for joining us today. It was great to be with you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.